What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the only place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. You know what it is. It's Bojo's. Bojo's has the best pizza in all of the Rocky Mountains and specifically in Colorado. And guys, they are still open right now. And they're offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. So make sure to support Bojo's local business here in Colorado and you'll be filling your tummies with something absolutely delicious. And it's not only delicious pizza, but it comes with dessert built into the pizza with that honey spoon as the crust. You just wipe up all the honey that you need and it is lunch, dinner, dessert, heck, maybe some people even have it as breakfast. And make sure to tag them and us if you get takeout or delivery. They have six Colorado locations, so make sure to support them. DoorDash is delivering. Uh, for them right now as well. So make sure to check out Bojo's because supporting them is supporting us and it's good for the belly. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curves from mile high the best part of the weekend hugging a perfect stranger as they become friends Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. Thursday is my favorite day of the week, and it doesn't really look so terrific outside here uh, in Colorado right now. A crummy weather, as it always seems to be in the beginning of April, but I'm in a fantastic mood. I'm so happy to be joined by my main man, Andrew Mason, as Ryan is on assignment today. And before we hop in the show, Got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, the, the delicious, the smooth, the energetic Strava Craft Coffee. And make sure you guys use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. Now is the time to have this because you need the coffee, but you don't want to be super jittery when you're stuck at home. And the Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD helps calm you down. And it also helps with any aches and pains. So Strava is the only coffee to drink at this time. So make sure you check them out. Use that magical code DNVR20. Mace, what is up? Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Kind of a crummy day outside. I mean, not that we're spending a heck of a lot of time outside anyway, but uh, <laughs> it's just a kind of a rainy gray spring day. And I think uh, we've gotten at least a little used to the warm spring days that we've had in the last week. My daughter was even starting to say it felt like summer. She And I said, <laughs> Yeah, you haven't seen anything yet. This is just a nice spring day, but it was one day we were out for a walk. She was like, oh, I'm hot. And I'm like, yeah, you think you're hot now? I mean, <laughs> just wait until it's 90 degrees and we're out here uh, walking the dog. But we're not walking the dog at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 90 degrees. I know that. Oh, Mace, I was thinking that yesterday when I was on a run. I was like, man, this is, I'm so hot. I'm sweating like crazy. It's 8 a.m. and it's like... Uh, you know, 50 degrees out. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do in the summer when it's 90 <laughs> degrees out? I guess I'm going to be running at like 4 a.m. or something. But Mace, I'm so, oh, pumped. Man. I'm so pumped for this pod uh, because it's mock draft season, baby. And that means we get to break down some mock drafts. Mace, I love the mock drafts that you put out. But let's hop into some national mock drafts. And of course, now's the time when it gets really juicy with these mock drafts. And so we're going to touch on a few 
in today's pod. And I just absolutely love this. The first one we're going to talk about is Todd McShay. Of course, he's known for mock drafts. He put out uh, a two-round mock draft yesterday. And uh, Mace, his first pick for the Broncos at 15 is Andrew Thomas. When I tell you that, what are your initial feelings? My initial feelings are that all three of the top tier of wide receivers must be gone. And you know what? They are. Yep. Because you the run on receivers in Todd McShay's mock draft came 11, 12, 13. Yep. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs in that order. And no, no surprise that the run is right there. Yes. And if you look at the offensive tackles, there has been a run on tackles. The Broncos kind of closed the run because you have Tristan Wirfs going off the board, eighth to the Cardinals, Jedrick Wills from Alabama, 10th to Cleveland, right before the Broncos take Andrew Thomas and Todd McShay's mock Mackay Becton of Louisville goes 14th to Tampa Bay. You know, it's not ideal for getting a receiver, but when I look at the tackles, to me, Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs are a notch above Mackay Becton and Jedrick Wills. So I'm not displeased if it works out like this. And in general, just taking the tackles and receivers as a cluster, those are seven players. Those are seven players, and you figure that the Broncos are going to get one. I'm not terribly happy if it's Mackay Becton because I don't think at that size he's going to hold up the way uh, the other tackles are. Of course, Mackay Becton is, is right around 367 pounds, and I worry about how he's going to handle that weight over the long haul, whether that's going to lead to uh, more injuries than you'd see with some of the other tackles. Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs, they're one, too. If it works out this way, and Andrew Thomas is a Bronco, I think I think you're trying to find a way to say goodbye to Garrett Bowles via a day two or day three draft trade. <laughs> Mace, you took the words right out of my mouth. You described exactly how I'm feeling. I'm giving the Broncos a nice golf clap right now because it is a very good pick. It's not sexy. Fans aren't jumping out of their seats and, oh, my gosh, we got a left tackle from Georgia. No, but it, it's, it's a very, very solid pick. And actually, over this past weekend, I tried to do a worst-case scenario draft for the Broncos. And I tried to draft all the receivers, all the tackles. And when I got to 15, I thought I hosed the Broncos. I thought they were in rough shape. And what do I what do I see right there? Andrew Thomas was still available, and so that that just gave me so much confidence for okay, if things fall the wrong way in pretty much every scenario, Andrew Thomas could still be there. And Mace, I totally agree with you. I would like Andrew Thomas above those other guys that you mentioned as well. So if it falls this way, good job for the Broncos. Good job, John Elway. Don't don't reach on a receiver at this point uh, because those other three are gone you get Andrew Thomas. All right, Mace, here's where it gets juicy. In the second round, Broncos need a receiver. A local guy from Colorado Mm -hmm. is sitting there, and Todd McShay has the Broncos with the 46th overall pick, taking LaVisca Chenault. What do you think? Is the risk-reward ratio right at the 46th pick? That's the question uh, that I would actually have here. And Looking at the receivers uh, that go immediately after LaVisca mm-hmm. in this mock draft, the next one off the board is Jalen Rager, who did not time very well at the combine, but has very good speed on film. 
He went 50 to the Bears. Chase Claypool, the big target from Notre Dame, 54 to Buffalo. And then Devin Duvernay, a guy that I've talked about, uh, going 60 to Baltimore. And then let's look at the receivers that went before LaVisca. Ten picks before LaVisca. It's Denzel Mims from Baylor. Boy, uh, if somehow he was there at 46, that would be amazing. But he's not going to be there. And I think it's actually there's actually a reasonable shot that Denzel Mims sneaks into the first round. You had Michael Pittman Jr. going 34 to Indianapolis. T. Higgins from Clemson, 30 to Green Bay. Justin Jefferson from LSU, 22 to Minnesota. And Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, 20 to Jacksonville. Um, I think it's a little bit high for Ayuk. Jefferson probably right on. Uh, Higgins, he'll end up going there. I don't like him as much as for as perhaps, say, Michael Pittman Jr. I'm not disappointed if the Broncos get LaVisca, but at the same time, if that's the case, I am getting on the phone to free agent wide receivers because I don't know if LaVisca is going to be ready for me when week one comes. And again, it's the, the, the reward for LaVisca if he's healthy is potentially great, but there's still a lot of risk with that injury history. And actually, I think it all, when all is said and done, he doesn't go mid-second round. He drops to the third. Mace, I'm nodding my head the entire time that <laughs> oh, you're talking because because I, I, <laughs> I agree with you again. But here's the thing. I think at 46, LaVisca is a good, a great value pick. So I agree with taking him there, but I shouldn't say 46. I should say at 44 or, or 45 or 47. I don't like this pick for the Broncos, specifically the Broncos at 46, because you didn't address wide receiver in the first round. You have not addressed wide receiver this offseason. You entered the offseason with wide receiver probably being your number one overall need. If not, it was a close second with offensive line uh, or defensive line. But now it is clearly your main priority. You don't address it in the first round, and I'm okay with that with Andrew Thomas, but in the second round, you have to get a receiver that you can count on because you can't just enter the season with Cortland Sutton and then a huge drop-off to Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. And so I'd like the pick if the Broncos had addressed wide receiver somewhere else. So I was really nodding my head agreeing with you when you said, yeah. this is your pick. I don't just think you have to pick up the phone uh, to to – free agent wide receivers. Cause I think you kind of passed on a lot of those. You got to pick up the phone and make a trade and, and maybe make a trade, send in a fourth round pick for uh, a veteran wide receiver for, for a solid two. Um, you, you don't need a star in a trade, but LaVisca can't be the guy that you count on. I'm okay with LaVisca. I'm really okay with LaVisca at 46. If you use that mm -hmm. first round pick on a wide receiver as well, then I think it's amazing. Then you have to address offensive line, maybe with all three, of your third round picks. So I, I agree with you. It's just not the right pick for the Broncos. I, yeah. In terms of looking at whether I like LaVisca as a Bronco, it's always if there's somebody else with him. So let's say hypothetically they took LaVisca, but then in round three, they got, well, let's say Devin DuVernay drops there. Uh, let's uh, say you've got uh, Antonio Gandy Golden out at Liberty, who is a you know a a, a big long target at six four two twenty three. Uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, K KJ Hill, a slot guy from out of Ohio State. If you could pair Lavisca 
with one of those guys, even though it might not be kind of the perfect fit and you're not sure if you're going to have all the speed that you wanted, I, I'm okay with that. But that's a heck of a dice roll there if, if you take him. I'm more of the mind that you get the guy that you know has a better health resume and then if LaVisca's there with that first pick in the third round, then you have a conversation about bringing him in. Because you can get really good wide receivers there in round two. You could just see uh, that the fact that you had a Duver Duvernay, who I've been hoping kind of a drop into day into a, maybe even the round four, but what we're hoping would be there in round three. The other thing with Duvernay and Jalen Rager, who went 50 on this, these are guys with speed. And if you're taking LaVisca, you're saying, He's our speed guy, but what happens if he's hurt? Right. You still need speed in this equation. So, yep, you're, you're 100. Yeah, it's right. it, the the other thing that is uh that is also interesting about this is in this unusual draft year where you're not going to have the follow up medicals after the combine. I honestly don't think Lavisca goes in round two. I, agree. I think I think he's off the board round three. I don't think he goes in, in the second round. And uh, maybe I'll be wrong on this, but the structure this year probably hurts the guys with injury concerns more than others. And you may have some conversations, not in draft rooms, but over team Zoom chats and so forth, where the phrase, the best, avail the best ability is availability is thrown around. Yep, you're you're right on that. Mace, what about this? What if you get name name your receiver in the second? You you get a receiver in the second, then you trade two third round picks to move up in the third round to grab LaVisca. You get Andrew Thomas in the first. Do you like that? Two third round picks to move up so I still have another third round pick. Yep. Okay. Um I'm okay with that. Um Wow. I think Le I, I, I'm because I love it. I'm in love with that. I'm hesitant to sell out like that for a player with such an injury history. Okay. This isn't personal on LaVisca. No, no, it's just not. this is all about this is all about the track record of injuries. This isn't one injury that he uh, missed some time with. This is a pattern, unfortunately, uh, for him and the fact that he had further injury concerns heading through this off season. And of course, uh, couldn't finish his, uh, his combine workout and is still working his way back. Now I'll give you an example, um, injury wise of risk reward ratio and how it once helped the Broncos. Let's just take a trip in the way back machine back to 2010 and the Broncos, they took Demarius Thomas with one of their two round one picks. The other of course was Tim Tebow. <laughs> so it was a very notable draft. Eric Decker, a spectacular wide receiver at the University of Minnesota, was coming off of a foot injury that cost him most of his senior season. In this, in another deep receiver class, maybe not quite as deep as this one, but I'd say you're looking at the best receiver classes of the past 15 years or so. It's this one, it's 2014, and it's 2010. Eric Decker was there at 87. And the Broncos took him. And just to kind of uh, give you uh, a breakdown of some of the receivers that uh, were, were on the board uh, in, in that range, 
the guy who went five picks before Eric, before Eric Decker was Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, wow. The guy who went right after Eric Decker was Andre Roberts, who has, is a two-time pro bowler and has been perhaps uh, the most consistent punt returner of the last decade and has been a reasonably productive receiver when called upon. So there was talent there. Eric Decker was sitting there, though, because he had the foot injury that he was recovering from. The Broncos grabbed him. Now, of course, Emmanuel Sanders, or pardon me, Demarius Thomas, in the first round, he was coming off an injury, too. But you were backstopped there. You had two, you had two guys. I like LaVisca, but if you're getting LaVisca, my next question is, and? Right. Who else? And yeah. I would prefer on LaVisca to have him be my second wide receiver that I add rather than the first one. I, I'm going to roll. If I'm sitting with here with the Broncos at pick 46, and this is how the board looks, I'm picking Jalen Rager and I'm rolling the dice that LaVisca might be there in round three. Yep. I'm, I'm not going to argue uh, with that point at all. All right, Macy. But got arguing another... is fun. <laughs> I know. I know. I wish, <laughs> I wish we disagreed on this. Maybe we'll disagree on this next mock draft that, that you uh-huh. have for us. Yeah, Peter Schrager of NFL Network, NFL.com. Good morning, football. This is a fascinating draft because of the names that are on the board when the Broncos make their selection. Now, interestingly enough, the tackle crop has been been harvested a little bit because he's got Jedrick Wills going fourth to the Giants, Mekhi Becton, 10th to the Browns, Tristan Wirfs, 11th to the New York Jets and did I miss uh, yet yeah, let's see here Andrew Thomas going 14 to the Bucks mm, so, so there's four offensive run. tackles off the board there's a mini run on wide receivers in the midst of this because picks 12 and 13 are Jerry Judy and CD Lamb and by the way as I take a look at this mock draft this means picks 10 through 14 are all tackles and wide receivers. And if this is how it works, you're sitting there going, why did Shelby Harris back down the pass? Yes, you are. Oh, he should have, he should have just let it go. He should have missed it. Oh no. Or John, John sitting there at 14 thinking, why did I not trade up to nine? Why? Yeah, look, if the Broncos really want to make sure that they're set in the first round to get the guy they want, they need to be thinking about a trade right now, not on draft night right now. Yep, I agree to 9 or 10, uh, as we're finding out right now. But if this mock draft is how it goes, it's pick 15. And yes, there's been the run on tackles and receivers, but all of us are sitting in our offices, in our living rooms, and we're pumping our fists yep. because Henry Ruggs is still yep. on the board. Let's go. But Peter Schrager in his mock draft says, no, no. the Broncos will take a linebacker. No. Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Oh, what? And here is Schrager's assessment of Kenneth Murray. I had an NFL GM tell me at the Combine that Murray was the best interview subject he's had in years. Teams love what they see on film but Murray might be an even better leader in person. The Broncos obviously already have two absolute studs on defense in Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Make it three with Murray. Okay. Uh, I mean, that, that's let's, hard to disagree with. <laughs> it's hard to disagree with, but here's the thing. You have two absolute studs on defense. 
That's yep. the argument here. Yep. How many absolute studs do you have on offense? <sighs> absolute studs. I can only think of one, and even that is kind of borderline because he's still emerging. Are you thinking and that's Portland, Portland Sutton. Sutton? Yeah, and, yeah. And I, my my Portland only thing Sutton with... can. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Portland saying... can be a stud, stud, and Noah Fant can be a stud, and Drew right. Locke maybe can be a stud. Philip Lindsay but, could uh, be a stud. Well, but the thing with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, Von Miller's been a Super Bowl MVP. He's a multi-time Pro Bowler, and uh, Bradley Chubb probably could have been a Pro Bowler as a rookie. He had, in terms of, in terms of pass rush production, one of the best rookie seasons of any edge rusher in the last forty years. Yep. So well, yeah, and, they and are the, your absolute studs. And the reason I paused on uh, on saying anyone on offense was an absolute stud because Cortland hasn't been to the Pro Bowl, and now should Pro Bowls, with the way they're voted, uh, be be worth everything? No. But did did was he? Or I guess he has been to the Pro Bowl, but not chosen yes. as as a, a first guy. Um, right. He made it. When I think absolute stud, I think uh, absolute stud is elite, and Cortland Sutton can be elite Noah Fant should be elite one day but but those guys are are not there yet so that and then so you think well don't you want we, we've talked about how John Owe is making a balanced team he's not making an incredible defense again or an, an incredible mm-hmm. offense he's trying to make a balanced team so uh Peter Schrager's right yeah they have two studs on, on defense let's get let's let's help with uh, another stud on offense think of it this way if you've got the number one offense and you have the number 20 defense, you're averaging what, 10.5? Yep. Yes. I think the way that this team is being built, they would rather be 10th in offense or 11th in defense or vice versa. Yep. And what we've seen over the course of the, t- of the, the years with the Broncos is that Two very successful teams, 2013 and 2015, were very imbalanced. And the team from 2016 through 2019 was very imbalanced. Looking for that balance here, and also with speed at wide receiver being such a glaring need, if this is how the board falls, Kenneth Murray is a good inside linebacker. But again, I don't put him in the category with Devin Bush and Devin White last year. Yeah. I've I got to go with Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs actually sits on this board, by the way, Zach, until 18th. Clavon Chason goes 16th to the Falcons. Xavier McKinney to safety from Alabama, 17th to the Cowboys before Ruggs finally goes off the board. Oh, it breaks it breaks my heart. And Mace, that's that's where I always fall back when someone says, "What about a linebacker in the first round?" I I think of just what happened last year, the Devons mm-hmm. uh, and. and while Devin Bush was right there, the Broncos said no thanks. Is Kenneth Murray? He may he may be a better leader, uh, but Devin Bush w- was supposed to be a very good leader as well. Uh, he may be a better leader, but I think for Vic Fangio to draft someone in the first round, they have they have to uh, almost be uh, game changing in terms of how good they are. They have to be generational, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard Kenneth Murray ta- Kenneth Murray talked in that way. No, I haven't. Um... And frankly, if the Broncos were to go linebacker in round one, I'd want them to either trade down or take your two and a three and uh, trade back up. One player I think is interesting, and he could be late round one, early round two, is Zach Bond from Wisconsin. 
an edge rusher, but he's got coverage ability. He can play inside linebacker. He's, I guess you could say, a little like Justin Hollins, except a more refined, higher ceiling, perhaps, version of Justin Hollins. Does that position and, make sense for the Broncos? It makes some sense because if you get past receiver and look, offensive tackle, they can be maybe not ideal, but they can be okay with Garrett Bowles starting at left tackle for another year. I don't think it's what a lot of people want them to do. It's not what I want them to do, but you can look at the needs right now and argue that inside linebacker might be a bigger 2020 need than offensive tackle because even with Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis, you are missing kind of a, you're missing an, another coverage element there, another speed element, because Todd Davis is going to be more of an in-the-box guy, and Alexander Johnson is going to be the hair-on-fire guy. So there's logic to it, but I still don't think it's the primary need here. And me personally, if you told me, okay, you can draft a replacement for Todd Davis or a replacement for Garrett Bowles in round one, which one are you choosing? I'm choosing the replacement for Garrett Bowles because Todd Davis – he does bring some things to the, to the table, particularly his command of the defense. And I think for Alexander Johnson, he, fits, he fills a lot of gaps that Johnson still has. So the two of them work well together. Yep, yep. I, I, I totally, totally agree with that. And what else goes together and works well together is the weekend and Breckenridge Brewery, specifically the farmhouse. We've told you guys all about the delicious beer. I've got some Colorado core in the fridge as well as some strawberry sky, but their farmhouse is the underrated winner here. Their farmhouse has delicious food. And guys, if you want delicious food, make sure to check out the farmhouse and use the code DNVR, which will save you $5 off of your meal. They will bring it out to your car if you live by them, or they'll bring it straight to your door. They delivered to pretty much uh, all of Denver, and their food is absolutely delicious. Ryan had some delicious barbecue last week. I think I'm going to uh, take up that offer as well, use that code DNBR, and get myself $5 off their delicious barbecue this weekend as well. So call them at 303-803-1380 from 12 till 8 for to pick up food from the farmhouse or use Drizzly and get the 15-can sampler uh, delivered to you there. Guys, Breckenridge Brewery, the farmhouse is where it's at. So make sure to support them because that is supporting us. And another thing, because it's almost the weekend that you'll want to do, you want to make sure that you're cleaned up down there and Manscaped can help you with that. Make sure you check out Manscaped. Use that code DNVR20. Again, a magical code for a magical thing. It'll get you 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. Make sure to grab that Lawnmower 3.0. Like I've said, there's no reason for them to make a Lawnmower 4.0 because the Lawnmower 3.0 is perfect. Quiet stroke technology, 7,000 RPMs to take care of those family jewels. Make sure to get the perfect package while you're at it. The perfect package for your perfect package comes with a crop preserver, crop reviver. They have got it all. So guys, the weekend's here. Make sure you check out Manscaped. Use that magical code dnvr20 for 20 percent off and free shipping all right may should we talk to the people yes let's hit the comments section for today we got 21 comments right now we'll start with vr though 
As you guys were talking about at-home workouts yesterday, I have one called the prison workout. Like Denver Rubber Company, it may not be what you think it is. You take a deck of cards and flip one card at a time while doing the cards volume push-ups, sit-ups, and squats. For example, if I flip an eight, I do eight push-ups, eight sit-ups, and eight squats. Face cards represent values over 10 with Jack being 11, Queen 12, King 13, Ace 14. If anyone is looking to stay in shape, I highly recommend this once a week or so. It will kick your butt. Now, how many cards do you, do you go through all 52 cards? That's the question. Yeah, that, I don't know. What do you think? Well, he says you take a deck of cards. So, I don't know. I, I look at this and think, okay, you probably – You've probably got to stop at, uh, mm, I don't know, reasonably say 10 cards or so. I, I, I would, think you're right. I'm out of shape. <laughs> I think you're right. But you know what? This sounds like a, uh, a fun little, uh, this sounds like a fun home workout. I like it. Yeah. Well, it brings some variability and creativity to it too. It does. It does, the which fact I like. It's, it's predicated on, on what card you get. And if you see that king, you're like, or, or the ace, because ace is 14. Like, damn it. See, I would do ace one. <laughs> and nope. king 13. We're getting a that, workout. We're I getting a workout, it. Mace. You got to do 14. Well, I know. But then yeah, let's say you're going to take 10 cards or so. And you get an ace. Like, yes. A little <laughs> bit of respite this time. Man, I love that comment from VR, though. Like Denver mm. Rubber Company, it may not be what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from Thick Fangio. Quick rant. Went to Sonic because it's on my way home from my essential job. Order my food at a Sonic Blast with Reese's. Guy taking my order. What kind? Me. Reese's. Guy. One more time? Me. Reese's. Guy. Oh, a Reese's? <laughs> if you call this. So maybe he said Reese's. Reese's. Yeah, that's probably exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. If you recall the scene from Dude, Where's My Car? When the lady at the Chinese restaurant drive through keeps saying, and then? And Ashton, Flitcher, Fl Ashton Kutcher flips on this out on the speaker. That's what I wanted to do. Anyways, it was a reminder of not too long ago when RK had to correct Zach on this. So, yes, he would have had to correct me on this, too. So, it's, it's Reese's? Yeah, but what was weird is down at the Senior Bowl where the company is a sponsor of the game, I kept hearing Reese's. So, <laughs> yes, see, I that's, thought, how, to, that's what, how to say it. Maybe you don't want it to be said like Reese's monkey. I don't know. <laughs> he goes on and says sharknado is an amazing movie it like kung pao great movie or napoleon dynamite was supposed to be stupid and should be viewed as such it was made by the sci-fi channel which is where the funding came from if i didn't even like football i would listen to the pod just for the segues into manscaped ads i actually have the lawnmower 2.0 and can't testify and can can testify it's a quality product but i lost the charger for it so maybe it's time for an upgrade hey Use that code DNVR20 to get the Lawnmower 3.0 shipped straight to you. Just yeah. how likely is it that the NFL plays with no fans this season? I was looking forward to two Broncos games with six hours of me since this past season. They didn't come closer than 10 hours to me. Oh, well, maybe I can catch a game in five years when they come to Washington again. Crying face. Yeah. I, th I just – I don't see – full stadiums is something that is going to be likely unless there is some miraculous uh, development moving toward a vaccine. I think social distancing and even dealing with uh, periodic uh, outbreaks of this, uh, it's going to be the new normal until there, it, there is a vaccine and just having to kind of live with it. Uh, I know 
was reading something yesterday about Johnson and Johnson uh, making some progress toward a vaccine, but just in terms of the timeline for vaccines, human testing doesn't begin till September. And best case scenario is that it would be on the market next January. Mm. And then it's got to be mass produced and all that, which is why you've heard the best case scenario on vaccines being discussed is 12 to 18 months. Right. And I think that's what will get things returning to fully normal as far as crowds being at games. I mean, what do you do right now in this day and age? We're all about social distancing, and that's probably something we're going to have to maintain to some degree uh, going forward for for months and beyond where you know there's more space between tables at restaurants when they start to open up and uh for for workplaces spreading out workers a little bit more maybe staggering shifts uh, over the course of the day in offices is it possible that the only way you could have fans in a stadium would be to literally sell every fourth or fifth seat right yeah, and I, and I, is that really worth? And is that really worth it? And the other thing is, I mean, you have the things are going well. You have the instinct to high five, and we're all high fiving like we're, you know, in Demolition Man, and we're waving our hand a little bit. It just it seems like there's too there are too many issues that come with that. And I think when you're in a crisis, you have to make difficult choices to salvage other aspects of the operation for the nfl the most important aspect of the operation is making sure that the games are played and that you can have enough of a season to where you can give it some legitimacy back in 1982 for example they only had a nine game season because of the strike and then did a four-round playoff after that it was it ideal no everyone wants to play 16 games but it's something that they may have to consider. And I, again, we talk, to go back to yesterday, I was just so disappointed that, that uh, Jeff Pash of the NFL basically uh, shot down the notion that contingency plans were being considered. I hope that in the back channels, these contingency plans are being considered because yeah. you want to find a way to get through the season. There's, uh, there's some buzz around baseball that – they're thinking in terms of 100 games. Uh, there was something that I read uh, this morning. Uh, there's, an in, there's an increasing buzz in the NBA about the notion that maybe they're going to finish the season in Las Vegas because these casinos aren't really doing anything. They literally sequester all the players in one of the casino hotels in Las Vegas, and you have a ballroom and put some courts down and finish up the season and play the postseason with, say, best of three rounds in the playoffs. Wow. So for the NFL to not be considering any and all contingency plans right now, I think that's foolish. And again, I hope that was just posturing on the league's part, trying to express confidence that we're going to be back to normal because the reality is it's probably going to be impossible to be normal in every way, shape and form when the fall arrives. Yep. Yep. I completely agree, Mason. And I hope it's just being optimistic. But like we said yesterday, we want football 
football in the mm-hmm. fall. We want as much football as we can get our hands on. And we want fans there. We want it to be normal, but nothing is normal right now. So at the end of the day, if things have to be cut, I would understand it. I just hope it's not football that's being cut. So I hope there are contingency plans to make sure that everything's in place in time. Yeah, and the one thing about football compared to other sports, obviously it's a collision sport, so there's a lot of body contact. There's body contact the NBA as well. But the number of people it takes to pull off a football game is far greater, and a football season is far greater than what you need for basketball, baseball, or soccer, or, or even hockey. And hockey's you know got some complicated aspects to it, obviously. I'd say probably – the easiest sports to, the easiest sports to pull off in this day and age are going to be maybe not in this order but uh, baseball soccer basketball among the team sports the easiest sport overall to figure out i think is going to be golf in terms of the play itself the problem is uh, with golf is with the majors especially you've got people coming from all over the world ditto tennis i mean tennis is a social distancing sport you're at opposite ends of the court Yep. And if you're playing doubles, right, you're not within six feet of each other. But the problem is in the tennis tour, people are coming from all over the globe. And that was the biggest reason why Wimbledon canceled the 2021 championships yesterday. Right. Exactly. Next one coming in from Run. Phil, Run. Hey, guys. The sadness of no March Madness, along with DNVR gaming bracket for best sports video game, inspired an idea for a question. And if you had to set up a 64-player bracket of all-time best Denver Broncos players, who do you think would be the four number one seeds? Not sure what the logistics of setting something like this bracket up on Twitter would be, but it sure would be cool to see who makes the field of 64 and who would win it all. Much love. Run, Phil, Run. Maybe we'll do that uh, someday. Run, Phil, Run. But Mace, until that day, who are the four number one seeds? Well, we've had the discussion with four great players because it's the Broncos, Mount Rushmore, right? Every team we've talked that about that with at some point in our in the course of discussions over the years. Mm, I'll get the John first Elway. One. Yep, John Elway. John Elway is obvious. <laughs> are there any other obvious ones? Like can't he can't be left out? Okay. Are we talking about best players or most important or both? Uh, He said best all-time Broncos. Okay. And I think you can argue he's one of the best, but if we're talking, but we're we're also factoring in significance, he has to be among the four and that's Floyd Little. Okay. Literally his nickname was the franchise. Literally the first first round pick to sign with the Broncos in 1967. This was the first year of the common AFL NFL draft. The Broncos didn't get a lot of first round picks signed before Floyd Little. And he came in the same year that Lou Saban did as coach, but Floyd Little changed the was changed the dynamic of this team. Floyd Little kind of showed everybody in being here that the Broncos, they'd been a, a, a lagging franchise. They'd been a backwater in pro football. Of course, most of their first years, frankly, they were underfunded and they were just scraping by. Floyd Little, when he came to Denver, was a legitimate star. Um, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent coming out of college in, say, the last 15 years or so at running back. Okay. In terms of how he was perceived nationally coming to the Broncos, Floyd Little was like Reggie Bush. 
mm. when he came in and turned out to be a better player as a pro than Reggie Bush did. Not that Reggie Bush was bad, but just somebody who was huge yep. when he arrived in the NFL or the AFL slash NFL, the, the merger was in the process of happening. And he signed with the Broncos. He was the Broncos' first real star that people around the country knew. And then he went out and backed it up. Despite having a terrible offensive line for most of his career, he was a productive back. He was one of the better players in the NFL during his career. He ended up being in the Hall of Fame. So I've got to put Floyd Little on there. And then the other two, there'll be some controversy with this. Um, I got to put Terrell Davis. Yep, I agree. Again, significance to the franchise. And then my fourth player, it's a, it's a defensive choice. Okay. And – this is not to slight Randy Gratishar or Champ Bailey, but I got to go with the Vonster. Yeah. Yep. The Super Bowl MVP. Yep. Mace, I'm, I'm taking three of the four same ones that you did, uh, but I'm just going to have a little bit different of a justification. John Elway, Terrell Davis, and Von Miller, the three Super Bowl MVPs, and not just because they were Super Bowl MVPs. That definitely helps mm-hmm. their case. But look what, look, look what the player Von is. He's, he's going to end up being – the best defensive player that this franchise has ever had, arguably, at least arguably, if not pretty easy. Uh, Trail Davis, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, everyone. I mean, Hall of Famer. Vaughn's also going to be a Hall of Famer. And then, come on, John Elway's easy mm-hmm. as well and also a Super Bowl MVP there. And the fourth, ah, I mean, you could go so many other – you can go so many places with this. Um, it, you, you can go – uh, Champ Bailey. I mean, th- that's one right there. I, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's maybe who I go with. The first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, someone that I think should be. Well, are we going off best? We haven't players? had Shannon Sharp in this conversation right. yet. Right. Shannon Sharp can be in there as well. Um, I mean, so so many other guys. I'll, I'll just go defense to make it easy, uh, and I'll go with Champ. Okay. But there's, that's there's a so fair. Guys. That's a fair choice. I was thinking about this with the Super Bowl MVPs. The Broncos. They're kind of lucky they got three franchise linchpins as their Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah. What if like with the Bucks in Super Bowl 37, all the great players on that defense, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Dexter Jackson was the MVP wow. of Super Bowl 37. If, if you'd had a similar scenario for say Super Bowl 50, it would have been like say, Darian Stewart right. winning Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Stu, but he's not somebody you're talking about in that franchise, uh, in that in that franchise Hall of Fame, that franchise Mount Rushmore. Yeah, no, certainly not. Next one coming in from Mark It Snatch. Hey guys, sorry for the litany. First off, I would never pull a lifesaver shower on my fiance. It's too evil, too too evil for her. However. I've had roommates that earned it, especially when it was their turn to pay the water bill. (laughs) Second, (laughs) I'll add the music question that have come up, but spread it out. I don't go to many concerts, but the best I've seen was Metallica at Mile High in 2016. Volpe and Avenged Sevenfold, the openers, had great sets, albeit way too short for their talents for their talent levels when Metallica came out. The stadium erupted about halfway through a June thunderstorm rolled in dumping rain and lightning in and, in and around the stadium while the band played through the Unforgiven, among others. 
It got so bad, we had a half hour weather delay. When we were given the all clear and returned to our spots, 57,000 fans began chanting, ride the lightning, da -da -da -dum 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 -dum. ride the lightning for a solid five minutes. Sure enough, the band tore into the intro, sending 57,000 fans into an absolute frenzy. Even with earplugs, still top five loudest sounds I've experienced. That sounds awesome. Three for Mr. Mm -hmm. Beat. Four, when you started discussing players' inability to work out properly, I started wondering, Drew Locke and a few other quarterbacks have benefited tremendously from the BR programs designed to aid their football IQ. Are there similar programs for some of the other positions and who on the Broncos would benefit most from them? At this point, there are not. I mean, think about this. Let's say you're a, a wide receiver. How are you simul simulating routes in VR? Because the VR is right there in a room. Yeah. And you have to run forward. Uh, running back, same thing. Uh, you could probably come up with something maybe for like an offensive tackle or a guard. But, yeah, but uh, right, you're limited. Right now on, there is nothing. Right, yeah. So you're limited on that, on the possibilities there. So that's pretty much a quarterback-only thing at this point. Exactly. So Mark Shippers, hey, guys. Another example of Mace being right on the nose is when he said he stopped loving her today by George Jones. He's an absolutely beautiful tune and the goat of songs, country music and non-country included. Zach, if you haven't listened yet, you need to drink around 15 to 18 Budweiser's <laughs> or MGD's or Coors Banquets. Has to be a non-light beer. Smoke about 20 cigarettes. Then listen, it will tear your heart out. You know what? You could also have 20 Strawberry Skies, 20 Vanilla Ford Juniors, 20 go. Avalanche Shales, and that'll do the trick as well. <laughs> so, no Mace, when, when you listen to the song, have you had uh, 15 to 18 Strawberry Skies? No, I think I've generally <laughs> listened to it only sober. <laughs> Man, just put, it, put a couple of cold ones in you and then see how emotional you get. Yeah. No football question today. You guys always cover them all. Freaking love you guys. Go DMVR, Mark in Kansas. Well, freaking love you, Mark. Uh, we, we, we absolutely love your comments. That was another good one. Next one coming in from Broncos. Super fan. You guys are killing it. I love your content and approach to the change we are experiencing. Keep up the great work. You get me through my home workouts and drive to and from work. Happy with all the off season so far and looking forward to the draft. Check out the, the, the wrath movie the my wraith oh the wraith movie my favorite movie growing up in the 80s do you know have you seen it mace i've never seen it but uh i've heard of it okay yeah i've never Can't heard of it Didn't even know it. how to pronounce it the quick description on wikipedia is an american independent action fantasy film produced and directed by john kemeny written and directed by mike marvin and starring charlie sheen Oh, Charlie Sheen movie. And Nick Cassavetes. Interesting. Well, that's a good suggestion, Broncos. And Randy Quaid. Fan. It tells the story of an Arizona teen who mysteriously returns from the dead as a supernatural street racer driving an invulnerable supercar. His intent is to take revenge on the gang who murdered him. Oh, holy cow. Fascinating. Wow. Okay. I'd say so. Now, yeah, I have to, have to watch that sometime. I'm a child of the 80s, but I missed that one. Anyway, Orange Crushing, long-time listener, but about to become a yearly subscriber very soon. That'd be hey. awesome. Appreciate that. Try it out for the month, and you'll, you'll get me shortly. Didn't realize there was another Orange Crush, so I'm using my fancy football team name. Speaking of eSports, I wonder if they can add VR to the game. During COVID, it's a chance to get the fans engaged. I haven't tried it myself, but I believe the NBA is already doing this. On another note, another member mentioned that subscriptions for veterans are free. I didn't find anything mentioned on the website, but there may be some vets out there that don't know it's offered and stopping them from joining the family. 
Absolutely. Yep. We, we've always offered this. Um, and I believe you just go to the subscribe option and there's an option for uh, a military subscription there. If not, email help at the dnbr.com and we'll get you set up. But absolutely, Orange Crushing. Um, if you are, are a veteran, uh, absolutely do this. Or, or if not, thanks for the reminder for, for all the veterans out there. We do get free subscriptions. So veterans and active military, right? Both? Yep. Yep. I believe okay. so. So definitely, uh, uh, we, we want all of you guys, you, you absolutely need to be rewarded. Uh, as we say, you guys are the true heroes. Next okay. one from R.D. Dollywall. Movies, must watch, Clockwork Orange, Blade Runner, The Crying Game. For fun, Spaceballs, Starship Trooper, and The Iron Giant. And nostalgic, Flatliner, Lost Boys, Red Dawn, and Stargate. Ooh, some good choices there. Seems like you're definitely kind of in the, uh, the sci-fi uh, action vein. Spaceballs. Oh, that's a, that's, a great, that's a great movie. It's a funny movie, too. I've seen of course. zero of those movies. Okay. okay. The ones <laughs> I would say of these, you need to watch. Um, my choices of these, Red Dawn, the original, not the one where it's North Korea invading. Uh, you want the original with Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze. That's set in Colorado. Uh, Spaceballs, definitely. If you know sci-fi films, uh, you'll love Spaceballs because it's just a parody of all of them. Starship Troopers, it's a, it's a, on the surface, it's a dumb movie, but there's actually a significant political statement being made by the film that I think a lot of people miss. Hmm. I'd probably miss okay. it. Yeah. And then uh, definitely uh, uh, all three that on the must watch Clockwork Orange, Blade Runner, The Crying Game are there. Although with The Crying Game, <laughs> I tend to think more of when the theme song from it was used in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, <laughs> uh, when Ace realizes that uh, Lois Einhorn is actually Ray Finkel. <laughs> yeah. Einhorn is a man! Oh, Einhorn <laughs> is a man! <laughs> and then you hear the crying game theme. Oh, Ace Ventura do, is such do, a classic. Do, 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 do. triad bronco hey y'all just wanted to send y'all a thanks for all you do keeping the pod going and keeping it light and fresh i'm a truck driver driver pardon me running nights from north carolina up to charleston west virginia and back every night 575 miles that's a lot of windshield time but y'all keep me up and alert and thoroughly entertained well thanks man appreciate that uh and also i assume uh you're around Greensboro High Point Winston-Salem because you're a triad Bronco. I was trying to <laughs> like, where in North Carolina are you? But it's right there in your handle. I got to agree with Mace about the NFL statements about the upcoming season. It's kind of frustrating. They aren't even hinting at a contingency plan for a worst-case scenario. Do you think they really don't have a plan B for making sure games take place? Well, I guess I'll see myself out. God bless triad Bronco. Uh, no, I, I, think, I think they have to have a contingency plan. Now, why – they wouldn't say, yes, we have one, but we don't want to share it. I have no idea why. I think they really, 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 really just wanted to push the positive message uh, amongst this uh, obviously doom and gloom time right now. But to me, just just be honest with us. If you don't want to tell us your contingency plan, I get it. But say that you have something in the fold. Yeah, I get being positive, but I don't think that's a reason to withhold that you have contingency plans. You should, you should say something like, while we are, we are hoping and expecting to play our season, it is prudent for us 
to have backup plans to make sure that if we cannot have our normal season, that we still have football. If they had said that, I would have been fine. I would have said, great, that's exactly what you want to hear. Just if you're working on these contingency plans, just be straight because otherwise I'm left with thinking, you guys have your head in the sand. I could say you have your head in another spot, but I want to keep it (laughs) relatively classy today. I'm picking up on what you're putting down there, Mace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I completely agree with you. Next one from C. Fillmore 72. Dear Mighty Three, greetings from the UK. Zach tweeted that Nick Vanette will wear number 88, which generated some replies that it should have been retired when Demarius Thomas was traded to the Texans. Personally, I don't think jersey numbers should ever be retired. Certain numbers clearly have a strong legacy attached to them, but if you're a player who thinks they can honor it, then I will. I think you should be able to choose it and wear it. Phil, Terrell Davis, and the 30 would be a good example of what I mean by honoring the legacy of the number, both in the way Phil approached selecting it and the way he plays wearing it. What do you guys think about jersey retirements, Christopher? Well, Christopher, great, great comment, because I definitely wanted to talk about this, and I think you brought up some great points. Mace, what are your thoughts? Uh, we've discussed this earlier. I think going forward, the standard should be first ballot Hall of Famer for your accomplishments as a Bronco. And thus, you'd be talking about, obviously, John Elway. Champ Bailey, number 24, would be retired. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Like DeMarcus, where if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, he only played three years as a Bronco. That's mostly for what he did as a Cowboy. Uh, the, the next reasonable discussion would probably be um, Peyton Manning, of course, and Von Miller, now 18, was already retired for Frank Trapuca. What I would like to see done, by the way, is instead of having the 118 banner with Peyton's <laughs> surname on the bottom of it, like so an bad. asterisk, just have two 18s up there. Yes. Now, once, once the number is retired, you can't do anything about it. So by my standard, if you were retiring them today, Frank Trapuca would not be retired. Floyd Little would not be retired. But we're keeping them retired just because, in my opinion, once the organization commits to this, you don't undo it. I but totally going agree. forward, and you could basically say, really, starting from John Elway, you just establish a standard that's first ballot Hall of Fame as a Bronco. Yeah, because about- then John Elway and then Champ Bailey, but that also then that – Clears you say, well, we didn't retire Gary Zimmerman. We didn't retire Terrell Davis. We didn't retire Shannon Sharp. Uh, we didn't retire Steve Atwater. And that's, I think, a fair and very high standard. I completely, completely agree with that, Mace, because uh, if you're just going to retire great Broncos numbers, like Demarius Thomas, he's a great Bronco. Uh, or, you know, hopefully if the Broncos continue to get this respect from the Hall of Fame, uh, there's going to be a lot more Broncos in the Hall of Fame. If you just retire every Hall of Famer's number, well, eventually you're going to run out. You, you can't do that. So, uh, Christopher, I agree with you that, yeah, d- it, does it stink seeing Nick Vanette wear Demarius Thomas's number? Sure. Mm-hmm. And same with Bug Howard when he was wearing it last year. Uh, but y- you can't retire every number. And I just love that precedent. Hey, if you want your number retired, go earn it. And you know what the goal is. Or you, you know what you have to do to earn it. Uh, be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. It's got to be a very high standard. And First ballot Hall of Famer as a franchise doesn't have many of those. And the other thing to consider is this. You've got the 90-man roster, of course, in the offseason. And 
if by chance many years down the line you have enough first ballot Hall of Famers to where you're having trouble uh, with having one number for every player, then you double up, and we've seen a lot of teams do this, say you have a 49 on offense and a 49 on defense in camp, and then once the regular season arrives, you work it out. Yep, exactly. Next one from Iceman. Hey, friends, remember the start of 2020 is five plus months away. So I caution not to make fun of Roger G and the NFL for hoping the start of the season is after COVID-19 is completely over. It may not be, but hoping it is, is not wrong in any way. We'll see how it all plays out. Kids, don't forget the crop cleanser. Love DNVR. Go NFL and go Broncos. Oh, what a, what a, what a great little addition there, Iceman. Yeah, nothing wrong with hope, but hope and not planning for what I think are some likely necessary contingency plans, it's just foolish. And with all respect, Iceman, um, I mean, I'm, I'm married to a doctor. I understand, I've you know, tried to do as much research, tried to uh, take in as much from the experts and learn from them as possible. Until there's a vaccine, COVID-19 will not be completely over. And Please. it's not – and again, like I mentioned on the, on the vaccine timeline, best case scenario is next year. It's not going to be completely over when we get to the fall. Mace, there's I'm nothing sorry. wrong. There's nothing wrong with hope. There's also nothing wrong with having a contingency plan. And like I right. said, you, you can say, yes, we have a contingency plan, but that's not something that we want to focus on right now. Uh, we, we really believe that we'll be able to start the season. Don't worry. We do have a contingency plan, but we're really hoping that we don't, that, that, that we can throw that in the fire once July comes because we don't have to worry about it. There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. I, for some reason, I, I find myself, thinking of a quote from deep impact do you ever see that movie no a comet is on track to hit the earth and um morgan freeman plays the president and is kind of the emotional center of the movie We've also been planning for the worst. And that's, I, I want to hear something like that. Hoping and working to have a full 16 game schedule, but we're also planning on being able to quickly adapt and change and, and make a change to ensure that you still have a season. That's what I wanted to hear. That's not what I heard from the league. Right. I, I, exactly. And something that you guys want to hear about is mile high green cross and guys when you sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20 you'll receive 20 percent off your entire purchase once per month guys that can't be beat so check out mile high green cross sign up for their loyalty program and then get 20 percent off once per month and guys are really close to me at least right conveniently located in downtown ninth and broadway and the great thing about it is there's parking in the back so it's super easy to get in and out join that loyalty program uh only in nine minutes that that's how long they tell you that you'll be in and out parking in back it's super easy to get everything you need from the mile high green cost and guys remember supporting them is supporting us so make sure that you check out the mile high green cross make sure to tell them that dnvr sent you absolutely let's move on to the next comment here and uh unfortunately while you were 
No, no worries. Yes, doing... I got it right here from okay, Southern go for Steve. It. Hi, guys. Just wanted to wish everyone well, and let's all get through this together. Thanks to DNVR for putting a smile on my face every morning before I go to work. Go Broncos. And Southern Steve, I'm so happy you get to put a smile on your mm -hmm. face. And you telling us that puts a smile on my face. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, sorry about the little delay there, but I was actually looking ahead while you were doing the read to a future comment. So I was starting to do a little research into my answer. So I'm trying to multitask here. Ooh, Apologize. Yeah, Kentucky UDFA. What's happening, guys? I'm really interested in how many spots the Broncos will have left on the roster after the draft for UDFAs. It seems that this year has the potential to be the year we could find more quality pieces in this area than normal. Therefore, I think we need to really consolidate our draft picks to maximize that potential. Say there are guys that aren't getting drafted now because of being held out of pro days, camps, et cetera. Do we use those late round picks on those guys or use those late round picks to acquire more earlier round talent? Just curious what the numbers would be and which thought process makes more sense to you guys. I personally like consolidating and trying to get those guys as UDFAs, assuming our roster is getting close to being full. Here's the thing to consider, though, Kentucky UDFA. You do, if you want to have a big undrafted class, you don't have to consolidate draft picks to do it because you've signed a bunch of reserve future guys uh, over the course of the year of, of the last few, of the last few months uh, from the end of the season through uh, right after the Super Bowl. You can just cut those guys right. and have no harm to your salary cap. If you say, okay, we like this undrafted free agent better than this guy coming off of the practice squad last year. You just make the personnel move. You make the move and that's it. Yep. Yep. I, I would personally like to consolidate those picks and move up. In, in I see that, you, but you again, don't need all those picks. but let's say you're saying, okay, you want to get a lot of undrafted free agents, right? Because you want to, you want to, you want to basically till that field, harvest that field. Well, if you really like those guys, just pick some of them with your later round selections. Sure. I mean, kind of like, yeah. like Philip Lindsay. If you really did yeah. like him, why, why are you taking Dave Williams ahead of him? That, that doesn't make any sense. I'll never get that. I'll never get that. <laughs> no. LDJ chiming in and says, hey, fellas. So Christian Fulton seems to be the Bron Seems to me the Broncos are prepared to trade down if best player available or the top three wide receivers aren't there, right? No way he should go top 15. I mean, we could have got Greedy Williams last year if we were getting Fulton at 15. You feel good about Fulton at 15? I feel horrible about that. Much rather trade down, get Gladney, and more picks than Fulton. What do you think? Uh, Christian Fulton, if the Broncos take him, that's kind of a head scratcher to me because what has Vic Fangio always said? Tackling is the non-negotiable. Christian Fulton is not a good tackler. It, it he's kind not of falls as physical right with Greedy as you Williams, like. right? Yeah, he, he's not as physical as you want in a corner. I look at Fulton. And I see somebody who's really not a good fit compared to some of the other options available in the draft. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely cool on Christian Fulton as a Bronco. I don't think that uh, makes the most sense. I totally agree. He finishes and says, P.S., PFF latest mock draft with the best mock I've seen thus far. Number one, why people mock anything but quarterback to the Chargers makes no sense to me. And the Jets taking Judy, Ruggs, or Lamb over offensive tackle. Other than the Cardinals, nobody in the top 15 needs offensive line help as badly as the Connor McGovern-led Jets. If Connor McGovern is your best offensive lineman, you are in trouble. 
love the shade being yeah, drawn, LDJ. Uh, yeah, if the Jets stamp, Pat, I'll be flabbergasted if they don't take a tackle. But both uh, tackle receiver. spots could use a little help. What? Wide receiver wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, New Jersey, seven hundred two pilot says, "I was wondering if there are any Jersey Bronco fans. They play the Jets this year, and I'd like to see you be interested in going. I have yet to see the Broncos in person. Also, I'm catching up because I've been behind with military work, but I'm with Mace on that. It, on that, it is called man space for movie theaters, and I'm thirty two, <laughs> so not really generational. Oh, that that uh, warms my heart a little bit." Also, do you guys think they sign Gordon to maybe make sure Phil has less leverage if his numbers are down so they can get him on a cheaper contract? That's the not thing the about reason that, that they're signing Gordon. Yeah, and the other thing is if Phil Lindsay doesn't have the numbers and they feel like they can get him cheaper, Phil might be more inclined to go bet on himself with a one-year deal somewhere else. Yep, I completely agree. That's not the reason that they'd pay $8 million to another running back is to get Phil cheaper. Um, although Phil could end up being cheaper be- because of that, but that's not the reason. Um, so that that's interesting that you leave the man space in the movie theater. Is it so that you can manscape during the movie because it's all dark in there? Oh, 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 man. And 702 Pilot, we, oh, dear. <laughs> we do have Jersey Broncos fans because we actually have a Jersey Broncos subscriber. So um, if you're from Jersey, reach out to 702 Pilot, maybe leave a comment on his comment here, and, uh, and you guys can get in touch or we can get you guys in touch. Yep, on to our good friend, The Count. What's a team in the last 10 years that just missed the playoffs but would now be in under the new setup that could have done major damage Maybe you want a Super Bowl. Love the count. Mace, is this what you were doing research on? Yeah, I was looking back at some teams over the years and uh, and what they did. And there were two that came to mind that would have gotten in the playoffs. The most recent one is in 2018, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-6-1 missed the playoffs. Now, if they'd gotten in, they would have had a first-round matchup against the New England Patriots, and just just a few weeks before, the Steelers had beaten the Patriots. It was the uh, Jesse James, uh, or it was uh, not the Jesse James game. It was uh, a 17-10 uh, Steelers win over, over the Patriots. Yep, that's right, back on December 16th of 2018, 17-10. And so, yeah, might have been tough for the Steelers to do it again, but – They'd already proven they could beat the Patriots in the playoffs. The other team, and this is just because of how talented they were, and even with relatively poor coaching, they were capable of beating anybody at the time. We're going all the way back to 2010. Now, that year you had both you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants both missed the playoffs at 10 and 6 in the NFC. But over in the AFC, the San Diego Chargers missed the playoffs at nine and seven and of course Philip Rivers was at his at, at his apex still a very talented team uh, that was actually a, one of his better years 30 touchdowns 13 interceptions productive offense uh they had a, a good one-two power running function Mike Tolbert and Ryan Matthews you get them into the playoffs the in the first round they would have been at the Pittsburgh Steelers who would have been the number who were the number two seed that year? Now Pittsburgh went all the way to the Super Bowl and lost to Green Bay. 
But you can look and say that might have been the toughest game for the toughest game for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs in terms of the type of quarterback that they had on the other side facing them in Phil Rivers. That would have changed things a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. I, I knew that was a great question for you, Mace. But I had to look some stuff up on that to kind of to kind of make to make sure and say, hmm. Because it would it would be obvious to say, oh, a ten and sixteen, like the Bears in Lovey Smith's last season coaching them, or the Bucks or Giants in twenty ten, but uh not quite so. Now, if we're going all the way back through the last the last uh eighteen seasons when they had 12 playoff teams and 16 in each conference, then you have to go by record there. And even with Matt Castle at quarterback, the 2008 New England Patriots at 11 and five going into postseason would have been very dangerous. Yep. I, any, anyone with any team with Bill Belichick, I completely agree with the yep. big Tabowski chiming in. Hey guys, we're trying to get an equivalent PS4 Madden league set up. There are some posts on the DNVR gaming Twitter account about it. Not sure if we're doing fantasy draft or what, just trying to get numbers initially. So message uh, him or at Z J Castro underscore 94 on Twitter. Uh, it, and here's to him for setting the league up and we'll invite you to our group me chat and to the league would be great if we could get 32 teams going zach mace can we tempt you into the delights of a playstation 4 uh i have a i have an xbox 360 already the only reason i'm not in that uh that league is i don't have the game uh so maybe i'll be in next year mace PlayStation yeah, bu- 4? buying a game system is not in the budget right now Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have to pass on that one. Sorry about that. Larry Den Jr. By the way, I almost forgot to say this, but Bronco fans don't need, to, don't need to worry about Phil. According to the new CBA, players forfeit their salary for the season if they hold out. Sterilize the end of leverage for the players. Shake my head. Phil's going nowhere for the next two years. Yeah, it's funny. I wasn't really thinking about the pot, that possibility. I was thinking all in terms of his contract two years down the line uh, when the team doesn't have team control over him. Yeah, I, I agree. And he's going to be here the next two years. So no need to freak out mm-hmm. at least. And right. last one, I think coming in from Mr. Undrafted. This draft is deep at wide receiver with saying that would make sense for the Broncos to trade up with the Lions and draft Okuda and have a young cornerback that will have an amazing career in Denver, then draft a wide receiver and a lineman later in the draft. You guys said we don't need more capital. So why not make the bigger moves and get great players not good players well mr undrafted i agree with you about the philosophy however the broncos aren't in a position to be trading future draft picks and to get up to number three with the lions you are trading at least one of one future first round pick and i'm not game for that exactly because if you look at the draft value chart the broncos 15th overall pick is worth 1050 points and Detroit's number three overall pick is worth 2200 So you'd basically have to be trading two 15th overall picks and throwing in a day three pick. Yep. To, or maybe even like a, a late round three pick to make it work. No, not happening. No. Sorry. No, it, it's not happening. And if you're moving up to number three overall, it's for a quarterback. And we know that the Broncos aren't doing that. Right. Or – I mean, Isaiah Simmons, if you're really making that sort of a jump, I'm not getting Okuda. I'm getting Isaiah Simmons. And, but it, it doesn't matter because the Broncos aren't doing that. I'm not making that jump for Isaiah Simmons at three. Now, if Isaiah Simmons dr- drops to like eight or nine, 
I'm thinking long and hard about blowing up my plan, getting on the phone, moving up and saying, okay, well, we'll just hope to get some receivers on day two. Yep. Yep. That, that, that could happen. And we're blowing up this podcast right now because we are done. And before we get out of here, I got to tell you guys about Davidson's. They have two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned and have everything, everything you could ever imagine a liquor store. It has, they have it, including all of our favorite Breckenridge beers. And guys, I think they're doing the best thing right now. And that is they are only doing curbside and delivery orders. So literally, no matter what you do, they will bring it to you. So download their app today to get all the knowledge that you need since you can't go into the store uh, and sign up for their loyalty program. Make sure to get their delicious 15 can pack sampler from Breckenridge Brewery. They will deliver that straight to you. And so make sure that you go to Davidson's this weekend, either drive up and get curbside or they'll bring it to you when you do tag us and tag them so they know that you're supporting us. So make sure you check out Davidson's this weekend. Mace, we are almost to the finish line. We're almost at the weekend. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. But Mace, I had a blast today. Thanks for spending your Thursday with us. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Thursday, and we'll talk to you on a fabulous Friday. See you guys.